All material used in this teaching is for spiritual training and educational purposes only. Some teachings may contain copyrighted material not specifically authorized by the copyright holder. No copyright infringement is intended. We suggest the purchase of copyrighted material for your spiritual edification. However, we do not promote sales of these teachings. We'd like to thank you for tuning in to our weekly program, For the Time Has Come. We are honored to bring to you line-upon-line teachings through Welcome Holy Spirit International Ministry. We offer spiritual and marriage counseling, spiritual guidance, spiritual education, as well as fervent prayer. We appreciate all those who give to help us continue bringing the gospel around the world. We also like to thank BBS Radio for airing this program weekly. For the time has come, is now. Don't miss out. Tune in Thursdays, 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Check your local time zones in your area and come journey with us. And now, get ready for an uncompromising fresh word as the Bride of Christ be made ready during these end times. Here's your host, Apostle Sheldon and Prophet Sharon. In this teaching, we will take a look at who the Bride of Christ is. How will the Bride of Christ prepare? Let us read Revelation 19 verses 7 through 9. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of Elohim God. In John 3 verse 29 it is written, He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore this joy of mine is fulfilled. In Revelation 21 verse 9, we find the revelation given to Apostle John on the New Jerusalem. And it reads, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues came to me and talked with me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the Lamb's wife. Let us pause for a minute to explain what John actually saw. John saw the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from Elohim, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of Elohim is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. Elohim himself will be with them, 
and be their Elohim. And Elohim will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. An angel shows John the bride, and John sees the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. Apostle John was shown the bride of Christ as Jerusalem. It was the city, the new Jerusalem, as the bride of Christ. The image John saw was a city to depict a people from every corner of the earth who have characteristics that shine like purified gold living with immortal bodies and bonded in intimate union with Yeshua. When we say the word Yerushalayim, we are using the Hebrew pronunciation. It is important to know that there were no J's then or now in the Hebrew alphabet. As we reflect back on the words of Apostle John in Revelation 21 verses 2 through 3, Apostle John refers to the bride adorned for her husband. Apostle John says in Revelation 21 verse 3, And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of Elohim is with men, and he, Yeshua, will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And we read that the saints of Elohim, his elect bridesmaids, will dwell in the city, the new Jerusalem, which tells us that this is the future home for the body of Christ to dwell in the holy city with the Father and the Son. We find in Revelation 21 verses 11 through 13 the revelation of the new Jerusalem which was shown to Apostle John, and he says, Having the glory of Elohim, her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Also, she had a great and high wall with twelve gates and twelve angels at the gates, and names written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel, Three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. The New Jerusalem is depicted as a gem. Yeshua refers to both Jerusalem and Israel, which is his church, his assembly, as his wife. And we shared earlier, Apostle John saw the New Jerusalem prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The bride, the New Jerusalem, is made up of the saints, the church, the assembly of believers whose acts of righteousness form her clothing in preparation for the wedding. As we can see, the bride is dressed in fine linen, bright and clean. Now let us pause for just a minute to rejoice in the revelation given to Apostle John. When we reference back to this passage of scripture in Revelation 21 and 2, we find what was revealed to Apostle John, which was the holy city, the new Jerusalem, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven. But let us stay reminded that what Apostle John saw was not the church, was not the saints, was not the assembly. What he saw was the new Jerusalem, 
That is what Apostle John saw. And it is written that he saw the city prepared as a bride adorned for her husband, Yeshua. We read in Revelation 1 and 3, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. In Isaiah 54, verse 6, it is written, For the Lord has called you like a wife, forsaken and grieved in spirit, like a youthful wife when you were refused, says your Elohim. The marriage of the Lamb will come, as we read earlier in Revelation 19, 7 through 8. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. For the fine linen is the righteous acts of the set-apart ones, the saints, the believers. And to the believers, the church, the assembly of Christ was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright. And being arrayed in fine linen is the righteous acts of the set-apart one, the believers. It is very important that each individual bridesmaid prepare to enter the wedding feast. Now, let us read from Ephesians 5 verse 27, that he, and we are talking about Yeshua, might present her to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Let us also understand it is necessary for the bride of Christ to be born again. Let us read John 3 verses 1 through 7. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Yeshua by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Yeshua answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, a Pharisee, said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Yeshua answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. John baptized with water. Yeshua came to baptize with the Spirit and fire. In Matthew 3 verse 11 it reads, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Marriage was the first institution created in the Garden of Eden. Elohim first created marriage before sin came into the world. Before the bride of Christ can follow as his bride, as his church, as 
his assembly. The elect bride must be willing to accept the truth about the bridegroom who's returning. We have shared that Yeshua is our lawgiver. He's our judge. He's our king and he's our savior who is returning for his elect bride. He built his church upon himself by the leading of his Holy Spirit because he is that rock upon which he built his assembly. The bride of Christ must know that when her bridegroom was upon the earth, he walked as a Hebrew, not as an American. The bride must accept that he has already prayed for her thousands of years ago to know his truth then and now. When the bridegroom was upon the earth, he left his true name with his first disciples, which was first prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. That name couldn't have been an English name because there were no English settlers upon the earth. There was no English language. There was no United States to be discovered when our Holy Savior walked the earth. These truths must be understood for the bride of Christ to receive her bridegroom. All believers, those who have accepted Yeshua as Savior, are individual bridesmaids. And we talked about being born again as a believer. Let us understand that in Revelation 21 verse 3, Apostle John tells us that the tabernacle of Elohim will be with men, which will be for all believers, the bridesmaids, the church, the assembly, those who will be the ones who will dwell with Yeshua, and they shall be his people. In Revelation 21 verses 24 through 27, we find, And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Now let us read Revelation 21 verses 24 through 27 for a better understanding. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. Let us stay reminded that the wife of the Lamb is the new Jerusalem. Now, let us read Revelation 22 verse 3. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of Elohim and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Earlier, we shared the bride of Christ and what was recorded in Revelation 21 and 2 that Yeshua gave to Apostle John, who saw the holy city coming down out of heaven as a bride adorned for her husband. Now let us take a look at what the Holy Bible says about natural marriage, as recorded in Ephesians 5, 25 through 27, which reads, Husbands, 
Love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he, and we're talking about Yeshua, might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Apostle Paul places emphasis on the husband loving his wife as Christ loves the church and that Yeshua's elect bride be that glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Well, there are 66 books in the Bible, not just one. There are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In them we find the teaching of Jesus, well worth reading. In the old days, they were written on rolls of, parliament, of parchment. You could roll out one of those scrolls the length of this room. If you took the scroll for John's gospel, opened it out, you would find right in the middle this verse. Chapter 10, verse 10. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. We cannot mix the holy word of Elohim with unrighteousness. John 10.10 reads, in its entirety, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come, we're talking about Yeshua, that they may have life. And he's talking about his believers, those who walk in his righteousness, and that they may have it more abundantly. We cannot take away a jot nor tittle from the holy word of Elohim God. Many years ago, I was at a conference about Christian marriage. That's just how traditional I was. The main speaker was inspiring. Afterwards, we broke into twos and threes to discuss. The two young men behind me were both teachers. This was years ago in the 70s. They were the first openly gay couple I'd ever met. We didn't talk about it then. They said that as Christians, they'd agreed with everything the speaker had said about the value of lifelong loving, faithful marriages for the couple and for society. As two gay men, they wanted to be able to marry each other as Christians. And I thought then, and I still think now, why not? It has been written by the God of Israel. Let us read. The moral law of Elohim in Leviticus 18 verse 22 reads, You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. It is also written in 1 Corinthians 7 and 2 this, Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Why deny love? Why deny them abundant life? Let us remember, Yeshua is looking for himself a glorious church, an assembly of those who have been washed by his holy word, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that his church, his assembly, should be holy and without blemish. There are a few 
isolated texts in the Bible. Same sex was not an option then for marriage. It's not now. And not a single one of those negative texts are addressing that question. We find it written in Elohim's law, his Torah, in Leviticus 20, verse 13, this, If a man lies with a male as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. The only way we get to heaven, not through our own righteousness of life, but through the righteousness of him who gave his life for you and for me. We just read Leviticus 20 verse 13, which is the moral law, the Torah of Elohim, that has not been abolished. The kingdom of Elohim has moral laws called his Torah that are still in place. In 1 John 3 and 4, let us stay reminded that whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. Yeshua, our holy Hebrew Savior, declares, in Matthew 5:17, Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Let us stay reminded that we must obey Elohim's laws, his commandments. In Romans 1, verses 26 through 32, it is written, For this reason Elohim gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain Elohim in their knowledge, Elohim gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of Elohim, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who, knowing the righteous judgment of Elohim, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. I've been blessed the day she walked in, and I feel blessed that now I get to call her my wife. Just one of many same-sex unions today, proudly under the banner of love, but now also under the protection of the U.S. Constitution. Yeah, you know, David, 12 years ago, gay sex was actually against the law just across the river from here in Virginia. As of today, gay marriage is a legal right in this country, everywhere in this country. In 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9, it is written, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of Elohim? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. 
too long ago, Obama himself opposed gay marriage, as did most other political leaders here. But in recent years, public opposition abruptly melted. Today, we can say, in no uncertain terms, that we've made our union a little more perfect. The court's four right-leaning justices all dissented today, saying this is a matter for politicians, not the court. Your judgment begins! And conservative activists portrayed it as an attack on their values. Richard Land, an influential evangelist here, asked in a statement, will the progressive, totalitarian, and intolerant left weaponize the government and attempt to force or compel people to affirm same-sex behavior and relationships? Conspicuously, though, Republican politicians are mostly silent because not only is this now settled law, its value as an election wedge issue had already really disappeared. And with the legal distinction gone, David, gay marriage will inevitably become just marriage. Thanks very much. That is Neil MacDonald in Washington tonight. And we find in John 17, 16, Yeshua speaking, He's praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he says to the Father, They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. We as believers must stay separated from the world and its system. Join us next time on For the Time Has Come. Every Thursday, 11 o'clock a.m. with Apostle Sheldon and Prophet Sharon. If this program has been a blessing to you, please sow your generous love offerings to www.welcomeholyspiritintlministry.org. That's www.welcomeholyspiritintlministry.org. To give, use the donate buttons on the website and help us continue to bring the uncompromising gospel around the world during these end times.